Witness history this year at the French Open, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch it. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. It's three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off. We'll see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if fresh faces rise to the challenge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all goes down. And welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Now, I have taken some time off. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a busy couple weeks, but I might as well update you on what's going on in my life and why I skipped a couple weeks on here. A couple important weeks, I may add. There was a couple big tournaments that we're going to talk about in this episode and a couple big wins for some youngsters in these big tournaments in Southern California, and also some drama we're going to get to at the end of this episode. But the reason I was gone this week, last two weeks, is because I got a new job. I am a sports reporter at KY3 TV, um, or at KY3, which is a news station in Springfield, Missouri. So I have moved from South Dakota to Missouri. And if you know tennis really well, you know that there's a world team tennis team in Springfield, Missouri, the Springfield Lasers. And this year, they have some good players on it. They have McDonald on the men's side and Pagula and McNally on the women's side, and hopefully they'll get more. But I will cover that in November a lot. That'll kind of be around the same time, I believe, as the ATP Finals. But all of it's being played at Indian Wells this year as far as world team tennis. But we'll talk about that another time. But to let you know, I am living in Springfield, Missouri now. I got a new job sticking in TV, but I am doing sports reporting this time, and I am also continuing to do this podcast, which I'm really excited about, and I think there's a lot of good things on the flip side of this podcast that I'm going to be doing down here. I think I have a couple guests that I've talked to that hopefully we can get on you know, by the end of this year and talk about specific things, and one of the guests I'm going to talk to was at the San Diego tournament, the inaugural San Diego tournament. Let's talk about that tournament just a little bit. This one was the San Diego Open, I believe it was called. Yes, it was in San Diego, inaugural one. A lot of big players were in this tournament, though. You look at the top seeds, you look at Andre Rublev was the top seed in this tournament, then you go Casper Ruud, and then Denis Shapovalov, Hubie Hercotch, Diego Schwartzman, Daniel Evans, and... Sinago, Sinago, I believe, Lorenzo Sinago was also a top seed in this tournament. A lot of good players in this tournament, especially for the inaugural year of it. And Andy Murray was in this tournament, which I think, you know, brought a lot of fans down to Southern California. Now, this was just before Indian Wells. And I think we learned a lot of this tournament. And I wish I was paying attention more to this tournament and thinking more um, strategically about what was going on in San Diego because it kind of mirrored itself when you get to Indian Wells. Now, let me talk about San Diego a little bit. Andre Rublev ended up making it to the semifinals where he lost to Cam Norrie. Now, we're going to talk a ton about Cam Norrie in this episode, but Rublev beat Schwartzman, which I don't think is surprising for anybody, and uh, a little disappointing from Shapo. I I tell you all the time that Shapo is hit or miss a lot, and here he was hit. I mean, he did beat Taylor Fritz, um, but he lost to Cam Norrie. But that's not surprising when you look at how Cam Norrie's been playing. We'll talk about that later. But 
Taylor Fritz to lose to Shapo is a little surprising to me because Taylor Fritz is playing really well at the end of this year. But Shapo does end up making it to the third round, the quarterfinals in this tournament. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov had a great run, made it to the semis, ended up playing Casper Rude. And another disappointment I kind of thought was disappointing was Sebastian Corda. He beat Tommy Paul in the first round and then lost to Sinago. Um I just think Corda's better. I, I legit do. Corda's really, really good. And I think he could be the future of American tennis when it comes to who you're looking at as the top American tennis player. But I think Sebastian Corda is that dude here in about three to four years. I think he will be that dude, and I think he'll be that dude for a long time. Andy Murray also played. He was a wild card in this. Ended up playing right into the two-seed Casper Ruud, and Casper Ruud got rid of him in just straight sets. But let's look at the semis. Grigor Dimitrov played well in this tournament. He ended up beating... Um, you know, Karatsev in the quarterfinals. And everybody knows Karatsev's played lights out nearly all of 2021. Um, but Grigor Dimitrov ended up making it to the semis where he played Kasper Rude. Kasper Rude beats him in three sets. And then Cam Nori, out of kind of nowhere, he was unseated in this tournament, beats Kopfer, beats Evans, beats Shapo, and then beats Rublev to make it to the finals in San Diego. This guy is playing so well right now. And I am going to talk more about that later. But for him to beat those guys in a row, especially at a San Diego tournament that is an ATP 250, I mean, lights out playing from Cam Nori in Southern California at the end of this year. He beats Andre Rublev. It's not easy to beat Rublev. It's not easy to beat Shapo. And it's not easy to beat Evans. And those three in a row, very, very hard to do. He ends up making it to the final, but Casper Ruud takes care of him 6-0, 6-2 in the final. I was a fan of the San Diego tournament. It looked like it had good crowds. It looked like it was in a good area. It looked like a lot of fun, to be honest. And I think people from San Diego and people from the area were just happy to have tennis there. And I think that showed a lot. And I think this ATP 250 tournament in San Diego could be something big for the city and big for tennis because why wouldn't people go there? Why wouldn't players go there? It's just right before... Um, they go to Palm Springs and play at Indian Wells in the BNP Paribas Open. But I think I think the San Diego tournament's a good idea. We're going to have a, someone on this podcast uh, probably in a month or two that was at that tournament, and I'm going to ask her much more about it. But she said she loved going to the tournament. She thought it was put on very, very well. And I can't wait to hear more about it because this San Diego tournament from afar looked really, really good. Disappointing for, obviously, like Chapo and Corda to have that kind of I don't know. I mean, Shapo did make it to the quarterfinals, losing losing to Nori. I just wish, you know, Shapo could really have a breakout tournament at any of these 250s, at any of these 500s, maybe even a 1,000, to really get, you know, a title or something. I'd really love to see him do that. And I thought Corda might play a little, little bit better. But that's beside the point. The title in the ATP 250, that is the San Diego Open, goes to Casper Ruud. And Casper Ruud playing really well on hardcore. You saw him play at the Labor Cup so well on hardcore. And then he comes, he backs it up like literally a few days later and wins in San Diego. Let's get to the main attraction of the last few weeks. And that was Indian Wells. Now, Indian Wells was splattered with upsets this year. It had so many upsets. There was no big three in it. Kind of a smaller field when you look at who was playing in Indian Wells. And I don't want to say a smaller field, but this this is who was there. And when the big three is not there nowadays, you can call it a smaller field. But there were some powerhouses that were still there. Medvedev's the one seed. The two seed is Sitsipas. Three seed is Alexander Sverev. Four seed is Andre Rublev, who lost to Cam Nori. In San Diego the week before, Matteo Berrettini is the five seed. Casper Ruud's the six. 
FAA, Felix Ogier-Aliassime is the seven seed. Hercotch is the eight seed. Chapo's the nine. Sinner's the ten. And then you got other guys in there like Schwartzman, Batista, Augusta, Opelka, Carino Busta, Garin, Monfils. Um, I mean, this is just littered with names. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov, Cam Nori, obviously, we're going to talk about here. And then there was just some big names. Uh, Taylor Fritz was there. Alcaraz was there. Bachelasvili was there. Corda was there. I'm going to talk about all these guys right now when we get into the bracket of what was going on in Indian Wells. Indian Wells was historic for a lot of reasons, and a lot of reasons I'm going to talk about now. But it was also historic just for the fact that some of these big-time players, you talk about the big three, weren't there. So this really opened the gates for younger players and different types of players and not top 10 players to really have a good run. And you look at um, guys like Grigor Dimitrov, who played really well in the week before, he ends up beating Daniil Medvedev, who was the one seed in this tournament, in the round of 16. And Grigor Dimitrov played great. And I think this is the that, that was his biggest win um, almost ever, except for beating Roger Federer at the U.S. Open in 2019. But Grigor Dimitrov to beat the one seed at this tournament, especially coming into this tournament, you know, ranked 23. Um, he did have a first round bye, but... He ends up, you know, not really playing anybody. Beats Opelka, who had played well on hard court. I would say later this year, but he's, God, he's really struggled the last month. But Grigor Dimitrov to beat Daniil Medvedev in three sets, especially on hard court. Now, a lot of people are talking about the court was so much slower at night, right? You talk about Rublev. You l listen to a Rublev post-match presser, and he's talking about, yeah, you know, when that sun goes down, the court gets so much slower, it's so much faster during the day. And you may wonder, what are you talking about, Jacob? The court's the same court. It's a court. But it does come at different speeds, a different type of the day, different type of temperature, stuff like that. And for these guys, it makes a big difference. And it made a big difference for Daniil Medvedev. He doesn't like playing on slower surfaces. He even verbally says he hates clay literally during the changeover when he plays on clay. So for him to lose at night against Grigor, Grigor Dimitrov, not necessarily shocking, but you're not going to take away anything from Grigor on a match that he played damn well in. Um, Karatsev was on the same side of the bracket as Daniil Medvedev, what I was just talking about, literally just now. And this is, he played Hubie Hurkacz, Hubert Hurkacz in the round of 16. But on this side, you also had guys like Sebastian Korda and um, Francis Tiafo and Tiafo actually beat Corda 6-0-6-4. So I'm not really sure what's going on with Sebastian Corda at the end of this year, but maybe he's just ready to be done with the year. Maybe it's a long year, especially coming after after COVID year last year where they didn't play a whole lot, and then coming into this one playing a ton. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, but I'm sure he's ready for a rejuvenation, especially now that you know there are some odds and ends tournaments going on around the world. But who knows if he'll actually play in all of them? Maybe he wants to get home and just chill out and practice more. Who knows? But Karatsev ends up losing the Hercotch. You're looking at quarterfinals. It's Dimitrov versus Hercotch. Tommy Paul actually made a decent run in this. He beat Andre Rublev, who was the four seed, in three sets to end up playing Cam Nori in the quarters. And Cam Nori ended up, or sorry, in the round of 16. And Cam Nori ended up beating Tommy Paul in three sets. Tommy Paul, I've been waiting for this guy to make a name of himself for a long time. He's a really good tennis player, but he just can't seem to get over the hump. And here, he got over the hump, played Cam Nori tough. Cam Nori beats him in three sets, but it's good to see Tommy playing really well, especially as an American, a fan of American tennis that I am. It's good to see him playing well, and I'm excited for, you know, maybe this will go into the Australian Open next year. Diego Schwartzman obviously had a good run. He ended up beating Casper Ruud in the round of 16. He made the quarterfinals, so that quarterfinal was Nori versus Schwartzman. Taylor Fritz had a hell of a run at this tournament. He beats 
Matteo Berrettini, who's a five seed, goes on then to beat Yannick Sinner, and then goes on from there to beat Alexander Sferev. Let me say that again. He beats Matteo Berrettini, who made the finals of Wimbledon and had a great U.S. Open. Then he goes on to beat Yannick Sinner, who's had just a great year. He's always in the quarterfinals or more in these smaller tournaments, even makes runs at some of the bigger tournaments as well. Then he goes on to beat Alexander Zverev, who almost beat uh, or won a gold medal, and then he almost beat uh, in five sets Novak Djokovic at the U.S. Open. Taylor Fritz, have a Southern California day. I mean, this guy to beat those three in a row, that is unbelievable. But then he loses to Bashlash Ville. And Bashlash Ville, Ville, sorry, it's hard to say that guy's name. Nicolas Basilas Ville. Um, I'm kind of saying it right. It's hard to say. I don't, I'm not European, so I'm going to slaughter that name almost every time I say it, but he played really well in this tournament. So I'm probably going to end up having to say it a lot. He's the guy that beat Roger Federer on his return to grass when he was in Doha. Bashlash Ville ended up beating, um, Hachinov, which was a big win for him. He ended up beating, you know, FAA, who was a seven seed lost to Ramos Vinales and then Bashlash Ville. That's kind of how he slipped into this whole thing. But he ended up beating Sitsipas in three sets, which was very, very impressive for Bashlash Ville to beat Sitsipas in the quarter. So that was a quarter right there. Nicolas Bashlash Ville versus Stefano Sitsipas. God, I got to stop saying that guy's name. Um, so this is the, let's get to the semifinals then of Indian Wells. Now, this was the first time. Let me say that again. This was the first time in Indian Wells history, in ATP Masters 1000 history, which there's been 280 events since 1990, that all four semifinalists were ranked outside the top 25 of the ATP ranking. This was the semis. Cam Norrie, who's number 26, played Grigor Dimitrov, who was number 28, and then it was Nicolas Bachelashvili, who was number 36, playing number 39, Taylor Fritz. 26, 28, 36, 39. Taylor Fritz is 39. That's unbelievable and great for these dudes to do that. It's so good to see new players making a name for themselves, especially in these tournaments toward the end of the year. Now, they all had upsets. Nori beat Schwartzman. Dimitrov beat Hurtkach, who was a 12 seed. Or he is number 12 in the world, sorry. Uh, Bashlash Ville beat the number three seed, Stefano Sitsipas. Sorry, he's number, her coach is number 12 at the tournament. But, but Bashlash Ville beat Sitsipas, and then Fritz beat Alexander Sferov, who was the four seed. So to see these guys, I mean, I would say bad for corporate partnership because you're not getting big time names in these, you know, in the later rounds of these tournaments so you can't really you know sell as many seats and if you watch some of those later matches there were not that many fans there I'm not gonna lie I saw it from you know from afar but I saw these highlights and they show a side court angle and it's like dude who's at this tournament that looked like no one was there towards the end but if you're not an all-time tennis fan you don't know who Nori is you don't know who probably Bashlash Vili is you maybe know who Fritz is you probably know who Dimitrov is but these are all guys out of the top 25. So you're like, how good is this, right? You want to see the big names. You originally want to see the big three. They don't make it. You probably want to watch Medvedev and Zverev or Tsitsipas really crank it out at the end of the tournament and play each other. And that doesn't happen. So shocking. Shocking for these four to get in there and actually play that well. But then 
Look at the final. Grigor Dimitrov lost to Nori in straight sets. Nori played so well in this tournament. And he ended up playing Bashlashvile in the final. I think Taylor Fritz just kind of ran out of gas. And Cam Nori ends up beating Bashlashvile in the final. Cam Nori wins this tournament. Got to be the biggest tournament win of his career. It's an ATP Masters 1000. And now Cam Nori has a master resume to make it to the ATP finals at the end of the year in Turin. So now let's go back and look at who the top 10 are. Because now that Indian Wells is over, San Diego is over, there's not a there's not a terrible amount of tournaments left, especially this year before the end of the year ATP finals that are at the you know middle to end of um, November. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. At the middle to end of November, and that's in Turin, Italy. So now the BNP Paribas Open, Indian Wells is done. You go to Moscow, um, there's a tournament in Belgium, but those are 250s. The next ATP 500 is in Vienna, and then there's an ATP 500. Nope, that one's canceled. Now there's a Paris Rolex, the Rolex Paris Masters. That's a Masters 1000. That's at the beginning of November. And then you have a bunch of 250s like Stockholm, and you have St. Petersburg, and the European Open, and Antwerp. So you don't have an incredible amount of opportunity left, but... He is making a really big name for himself here, Cam Nori is, and he's making an incredible run to maybe, maybe, maybe make it to the ATP Finals in Italy. Now, here's who is in the top 10 right now, and I believe eight make it to the ATP Finals. This is who is in the top 10 right now. Number one is obviously Novak Djokovic, who has had an incredible year. Number two is Daniil Medvedev. Number three is Stefano Tsitsipas. Number four is Alexander Zverev. Number five is Nadal, which he could be questionable for Turin if he, you know, is still not feeling well and is as regards to his surgery that he had on his foot. Andre Rublev is number six. Number seven is Matteo Berrettini. Number eight is Dominic Team. Number nine is Casper Ruud. And number 10 is Hercotch. You got to imagine Dominic Team is not going to play in the ATP Finals. You got to imagine that Rafael Nadal is not playing in the ATP Finals. That kind of opens up two spots in the top eight. And that could be Rude, that could be Hercotch, or that could be Nori. Really. It could be FAA, who's number 12. Probably not, though, because unless he makes a really big run. Yannick Sinner's 13. Could be him. Federer's 11, but it's definitely not going to be him because he's not playing the rest of this year. There's a big case there for Cam Nori. So, big opportunity for him. Um, to make the ATP Finals. We'll talk about that a lot next month because that's happening about a month from today. Not really a month, but a, a little less than a month from today. But overall, San Diego, I think, was a good opportunity. I think it was a very, very, very good tournament from what I've heard from the outside looking in. Indian Wells, always a great tournament. I don't know about fan turnout. Didn't look like it was a great fan turnout. But for some of these younger players, now's the time to do this. Um, the big three aren't playing in these tournaments. They can beat some of these bigger players. And I think it's like you saw at the U.S. Open. They're not scared to play these other players. Um, as long as they don't have to play Rafa or Roger or Novak in a few rounds, they're pretty fearless. Um, a couple things I just want to touch on this week, and then I will probably get into them more next week, really. Now I want to get into a couple nuts and bolts thing at the very end of this uh, episode. Just a few things that are topics that I've talked about before on this show, and I just want to make sure I bring them up again, is uh, the allegations of abuse against Alexander Sverev. The ATP has said that 11 months after Sherry Pova first came forward with these 
uh, accusations of Alexander Sverev. The ATP has announced an investigation into one of the incidents. They came out with a press release saying they are going to investigate it and look into it. Um, this is kind of a big deal. This is a massive deal, especially since some people were disappointed how at the Labor Cup this wasn't really talked about. And a lot of people in the tennis community have raised a lot of questions about this and what's going to happen here. So not the ATP is actually looking into it. I think is a positive step forward for the ATP. Whether he's guilty or innocent or anything, I think they need to take these accusations or whatever type of accusations come against any player, not just Farah, but any player, seriously and look into them. I really do. Um, a lot of other professional sports um, governing bodies have that. So I think this is a good step forward just for the sport of tennis. Now, I don't really, I don't know much about the situation, what exactly the accusations say, what he did, what he didn't do, what you know he said, he said, she said type thing. But I do know that this is a positive step forward for the ATP as a governing body. Um, I, I got topics on topics right now that I could get into this week. I'm just not going to because this is getting a little lengthy. And there's a lot of good stuff I want to talk about next week on the podcast. I do want to mention Rafael Nadal is at 6,000 days in the top 10. That's wild, isn't it? 6,000 days. I mean, I don't even think I've been alive, alive 6,000 days. 6,000 days is a ton of days, but good for him. He has had 6,000 days in the top 10 since August 25th, 2005. Wow, what a career by Rafael Nadal. And he's not done yet. I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. I believe that's going to be it for this podcast. Um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. You can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo. You can reach out to Believe at Believe Podcast. I'm now in Missouri. I'm in the same time zone now. It is going to be a little bit warmer here than it is in South Dakota. I'm a little excited about that. But there's some more tennis down here as well when you look at the Springfield Lasers. And I will keep you updated on everything that happens with the World Tennis Team. It's literally in my backyard. It's good to have it here. Watch some tennis. It's great to be back after a couple weeks off. I can't wait to continue this in the new chapter of my life down here in Missouri. And I appreciate all the support, everybody that listens to this podcast. I love talking tennis. It's a huge passion of mine. I literally sit at night sometimes and just can't stop thinking about topics and things to talk about on this podcast because it's so much fun to do. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of tennis around the corner and I will, I will see you next week. big money and transform your home with new appliances now at menards we offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today check out top appliance brands including kitchenaid maytag whirlpool amana and criterion upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at menards shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at menards.com save big money at you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.